And so we're starting a brand new month, and probably for about the past year and a half, I've been wanting to do a family series. I think families are important, and I think in today's day and age, families are under attack, and um, I think we're living in possibly the worst time for families, where their divorce is at an all-time high, there's all kind of broken homes, all kind of... Um, family circumstances. So let's talk about families uh, for the next three weeks. We're going to focus on families. And I believe it's absolutely important. I believe God wants to build healthy homes. And so the way we put it is let's build good homes with strong relationships. And uh, we're going to talk about it over the next three weeks. What does the Bible have to say about it? What are some things that we can learn from scripture when it comes from families? So I want you to open up your Bibles and go to the book of Genesis. Go to the book of Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 2. As you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them, I am so glad I'm sitting next to you this morning. Look at the person on the other side and tell them, I prayed all morning to sit next to you. <laughs> on Facebook, on YouTube, let us know where you're watching from. We're talking about families. It's already February 2023, which is wild. A lot of things coming up in church life. Don't forget about Encounter. I love that we're a church on the move. And so, yes, there's always a million things happening. And so make sure you follow all of our socials. And uh, I'm excited for church. This front row ready? Yes, sir. Got a bunch of good leaders here in the front row. I love it. Dream Team, you ready? It's good. Pray for Danny. Danny's a, a Bengals fan, and uh, his Bengals lost. And so, Danny, we're praying for you. But uh, you just feel what the Dolphins have felt for the past 30 years. Pray for Eddie, too. He's a Cowboys fan. Should we just keep going down, everybody? <laughs> Pray for Jersey. He's a Bills fan. Okay, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to begin to read in verse 15. In verse 15. And the series is called Family Feud. Somebody say Family Feud. Family Feud. How many of you have had some feuds in your family? <laughs> How many of you are in the middle of a feud right now? You don't have to say that. And uh, problems exist. Let's talk about it. Genesis chapter 2, as we start this series, we're going to start part 1 out of Genesis chapter 2. We're going to begin to read in verse 15. If you don't have a Bible, we'll throw it up on the screens online as well. If you are willing and able, share with the person next to you if you see that they don't have a Bible. Verse 15, if you're there, can you shout amen? Amen. The word of the Lord says this, the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat out of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heaven and he brought to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name. The man gave names to all of the livestock and to the birds of the heaven and to every beast of the field, but for Adam was not found a helper fit for him. Verse 21, so the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up his place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And then the man said, my God, my God, this is at last. 
my, my, my. All the men, can we get an amen? amen. That's the AIV, Alex International Version. This is that last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Out of Genesis chapter 2, those few verses that we read, I think it gives us a good inside look at God's design for families, God's design for relationships. And we're going to talk a little bit about these verses and what it has to do with family feuds. We're going to start week one with this message that I've titled, The Right Foundation. The Right Foundation. Look at three people around you and tell them, The Right Foundation. The Right Foundation. Come on, let's get The Right Foundation. And so we're going to pray, and then we'll talk about this for the next 25, 26 minutes, and then we'll worship Jesus one more time, and then go have an awesome Sunday. Hopefully the sun will come out, and we'll have some good coffee at Circle Cafe. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your love, for your mercy. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for all that you will do. Thank you for this house. Thank you for this family called Calvary here and around the world. Everybody connected. I pray that you bless our homes, our families today, God, as we focus over the next several weeks on building good homes, that we would have strong relationships, that we would be a representation of you here on earth, God. Help us, God, to love well. Help us to forgive well we thank you we love you we give you all the praise and all the honor and all of Calvary says oh come on all of Calvary says can you make some noise for Jesus one more time come on the country of Japan it's uh, an incredible country it's vibrant it's electric Uh, It's definitely leading the way with technology entertainment I mean it looks absolutely incredible It's a powerful country, it's a rich country, uh, but Japan is going through a crisis right now. And the crisis that it's facing is that it's it's going through a loneliness epidemic right now. There is a problem with being lonely all over Japan. More and more young adults are opting to marry later. Some of them are choosing not to have kids. Many are deciding to just want to stay single forever, and it's becoming an issue in the country that they're trying to figure out. In fact, right now, there's over uh, one million men who have decided to absolutely hide from society. They are choosing to live at home by themselves. Uh, They don't go out ever. They can't deal with society They say relationships are challenging, and so these men, they actually now in Japan, they have a name, they're they're called the Haikiki Mori, and these men don't want to go out. They, They literally want to stay in their homes, and it's causing a problem in society. Many of the young adults are choosing now, instead of having kids, to have dogs, and they say it's much easier to have dogs than it is to have kids. Some of you are like, amen, they're not wrong. In fact, this has become such a problem in Japan that they now have rental services for families, meaning you can hire family members to come in and step in for certain occasions. 
For a, gradu for a graduation, they're hiring families. For a wedding, they're hiring families. For a photo shoot, they're hiring families. You can hire an uncle or an these are all actors, but, but they come to fill in the gap of what's happening in society. I think not only is this happening in Japan, I think it's slowly making its way west. And we see it in society today where people are choosing not to marry. Well, I'll just sleep with whoever I want to sleep. And I'll just raise some dogs. But I'm not going to raise no kids. I'm not going to have no relationships. In fact, one of the people that the, the report came back from said, well, relationships are way too difficult. Relationships are way too difficult. I, I think it's true. Families, the dynamics of families, relationships are challenging. They're extremely difficult. I think in here we can be honest and transparent. Like some of us are like, yeah, I, I don't even want to speak to some of, some of my family members today. Uh, I, right? Like, like I don't even want to see them. I don't want to talk to them because I've gone through some trauma with my family. I, I don't even want to hear about family reunion. Last time we all got together, we, we, there was a food fight. I mean, it got bad. It got ugly the last time we all gathered together. It is challenging. It is difficult. And some of us are like, well, I didn't choose my family, so I don't got to deal with them. And I, I think it creates a problem. And here's the problem is that we disconnect from difficult things. We have a tendency just to say, well, I don't like this thing. It's too hard. It's too difficult. So I choose to step aside. By the way, this doesn't just have to do with relationships and families and marriages. We actually disconnect from all kinds of difficult things in life. And I think that's a whole nother teaching. But, but we're living in a society that now more than ever, people are disconnecting from anything challenging. And I think if we're just being real, life is hard. Life is challenging. We need to be tough and step up because life is hard. And we need some people to step up to the challenges and say, in spite of how difficult things are, I'm not going to disengage. I'm going to engage and be a man of God and a woman of God, no matter how challenging things are. I don't want to work. It's too challenging. How are you going to live? I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> right? Like everybody now is choosing the easy route. And when it comes to families and marriages, more so. I don't have a lot of friends because it's too hard. I don't like relationships. I'm not going to join a connect group because I don't like people. I don't do people. Right? I've heard that so, like, literally it's become a thing over the last couple of years is I don't like people. I think we don't have an option. We live with people. Like, we live on earth where I'll just be a recluse and I'll just live by my, I'll be a haikikimori, whatever it's called. Right? But there's no option. You can't recoil and live by yourself. We were created to live in community. It's how God designed us. It's how God made us. And maybe you're like, well, people are just too difficult. Well, I love what author Bob Goff said. He says, love difficult people. You're one of them. Ouch. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you're difficult. <laughs> like the truth is, Every single one of us are difficult. Can I get an amen? amen? I think so often we just like to pick out at the faults of other people, like I can't stand my husband. Why does he always have to do that? I mean, have you seen what you do? <laughs> I can't stand my wife. Look at, I mean, you don't understand my mom. You don't understand my, it's like, how about we start looking at ourselves? What are some things that I do that make it difficult for people to deal with me? Ah, just families. I can't stand them. They're dysfunctional. We have dysfunctional families because we're dysfunctional people. We're dysfunctional people. And here's the bottom line. We're dysfunctional people because we're sinful people. 
Let's talk about that for a moment, right? We, we are dysfunctional in of ourselves because we are sinful. Every single one of us in here, I don't care how cute you look, I don't care if you came in your Sunday's best clothes, we are all sinful people. We have an inclination to do wrong, say wrong, think wrong, all of us. We all have envy, we all have tempers, we all have greed. There's somewhere where you limp. All the holy people say amen. Amen. There's <laughs> a good amount that said amen. That worries me. Every single one of us, we are sinful people. We all do wrong. There's, there's times where we, we, have you ever, st- you ever woken up one morning, looked in the mirror, and you can't stand yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like this. You just wake up in a bad mood. Like it's just the sin character in all of us. We are sinful people. And so when it comes to relationships, we do stuff that get on each other's nerves. And so relationships, yes, they are difficult. But we're going to choose 2023. And I don't know about anybody else in our city or, or the world, but come on at Calvary, let's focus on building strong homes and strong families because they matter. And because we can't do without them, we can't just disengage because it's difficult. Let's work through difficult things and build good, healthy homes. The answer is not isolation. The goal is restoration. The answer is not isolation. Well, I'm just not going to deal with my family. I know people that haven't talked to their mom in seven, eight years. Somebody recently told me they haven't dealt with their brother for seven years. This happens all the time. And maybe you have a healthy family unit. You're like, I don't get it. But it happens all the time where people go years without talking to one another. Right? Because we just rather disconnect. I don't want to talk about it. And so we got this society, we got this country, a city, the globe, dealing with broken families, nobody wanting to fix it. But the goal is not isolation, the goal is restoration. We serve a God who restores all things. I don't know if I'm talking to the right people, but by faith, I believe God can restore everything and anything. And so today, if you're in here, we just started talking about family, and you're already like, mm, no, that's not for me. Mm, I don't even like it. Because I know, like, some of us have faced trauma in family. Some of us have, have had some relationships in our family that have hurt us, has caused pain. Like, we've been there, right? Where, where your mom cussed you out, you cussed out your mom, and now you, the years have gone by. You don't talk to each other. I know, it's painful. But I believe that God can restore all things. And here's what I tell you. We can't have a better tomorrow if we don't fix our families today. I'll say that one more time. We can't have a better tomorrow if we don't fix our families today. And so I don't care how much you know of scripture. I don't care how much you shout, dance, speak in tongues, prophesy, turn around in a circle, know Jesus. If you don't treat your family well, the Bible says you're as good as a non-believer. Provide for your family. Love your family well. Come on, let's build good, healthy homes, good, healthy families because they matter to God. Families matter to God. God designed the family. God made us in community. They matter to God. When me and Diana became the lead pastor seven years ago, one of the things that we did away with was midweek service. And you should have seen how people acted. (gasps) How are we not going to have midweek service? We need midweek service every week. I felt like I was dealing with junkies that had an addiction. And I felt like a lot of people, they're addicted to services more than they are in love with God's presence. I just need to get in a room with a lot of people that makes me feel good. It's like, well, you can do that at home by yourself. 
But our thought was, how can we have people out of the home on a Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night? If you're not in a connect group, you're at service. If you're not in service, you're at youth. If you're not at youth, you're at a meeting. It's like, then how are we going to be a light and love in our homes? You can't make a difference where you're not present. I'm praying for my husband that he will come to Jesus. Awesome, man. When's the last time you guys went on a date night? four months ago. The thing is, I'm a connect group leader, and then we also have midweek, and I'm like, no, you know what? No midweek service. Go home. And I felt like people were offended. People got mad at me. Some people left because I did that. You know what they... Now, Now I was going to say, I know names that they called me. They called me Trump. (laughs) Because I was making changes. I should have not said that. Anyway... Why did I say that? <laughs> it's like, no, you know what? I'd rather be home with my wife, now with my child. It's like, we don't need to be in search. We need to be out in our homes, in the city, making a difference. Like, love your family well. Amen? And so here's what I'll tell you. Your family structure may be broken. It may be bad today, but there's always hope. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. I thank God. I, I serve a God that redeems. I serve a God who heals. I serve a God who restores. He can take a broken marriage and put it back together. He can heal a family. Come on. I know there's fuse in a family, but we're going to build it right. We're going to have a right foundation in the name of Jesus. It's not perfection, but it's progress. No family is perfect. I want to tell you today, but we are going to make progress. Somebody shout progress. I put it this way. Small changes make big differences. Today, here's, I, I'm not saying you're going to go home and it's going to be different today, but what I am saying is we can make small changes today that will cause a big difference tomorrow. In our personal lives, what can we do today? Saying, I want to be a better believer, a better Christian, a better man, woman of God. I want to be a better son, a better husband, a better daughter, a better niece. Like today, I want to be a better uncle. What can I do today that will make a bigger difference tomorrow? Small changes make big differences. Amen? Amen. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 are absolutely beautiful. It's, It's the creation story. And I love every single time I read Genesis. It's fascinating. In fact, in the first few verses of Genesis chapter 1 and going into chapter 2, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word there for God in the Hebrew is Elohim, and it literally means, connotates strength and might. In other words, this is a mighty God that created all of creation. He's powerful. He's majestic. Nobody else can create like God. He made the whole earth and the universe out of nothing. Ex nihilo. Out of nothing, he made something, right? That's who God is. He's a powerful God. Today, if you have nothing, he can make something out of your nothing. That's the God that we serve. Alex, my family, we don't even have no little bit of love. We have no money. Out of nothing, he can make something. Have faith in God. That's the God that we has he's Elohim he's powerful now it's interesting if you look at that word in the Hebrew it's actually a plural word and many scholars believe that what is happening at the beginning is that we see the Trinity in creation we see God the Father God the Son and God the Spirit all creating the universe and so when you get midway through chapter 1 he says let us make man in our image and our likeness let us make man in our image and our likeness God the Father, God the Son. God is a community in within himself. God is a God of relationship, and so he makes us for relationship. This is why we can't do life alone. 
and we are made in his image and his likeness. In other words, we are made as intelligent human beings that can read. You have a moral conscience. You are intelligent. You and I, we, we have rational thinking. We make choices. We, we can learn. We can study. We can, we can look at differences in the universe and choose and pick. We are not animals. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 shows us that you and I are not like a dog. We are not like Flipper the dolphin or Shamu the killer whale. We're not animals. But today, today's culture, there's a big problem going on because all over high schools and middle schools, they are now teaching kids, you came from animals. And if you tell people they came from animals, then you can't complain when they behave like animals. And so the reason a lot of people are behaving like animals is because they were taught, persuaded, convinced that they came from a monkey. And so when you tell people that, they're going to start acting that way. Well, just follow your animalistic instincts. No, wait a minute. I didn't come from an animal. I was created by God. And he gave me self-control. I have a moral conscience. I'm not an animal. And so today we need men and women of God that don't act like animals, but act like God because we're made in his image and his likeness. Can I get an amen? amen? And so we treat each other like animals. We treat our families like marriages and marriages like animals. And so then we complain. Well, you've been telling people that they are flippers. So don't trip when I flip out. We, corny, corny. It's not a good day. A lot of corny. Why? Why? In fact, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone, and I'll make a helper fit for him. Adam was made and it was not good that man should be alone. Today, it's not good that you are alone. And I'm not talking about just marriage. I believe this has to do any kind of relationship. I'm not saying that if you're not married, you're incomplete. But I will say if you are alone, you're incomplete. In fact, if you're alone, you're going to be inefficient because you won't have help. There in the Hebrew, when it says that God was going to make a helper for him, the Hebrew word is ezer, and it literally means a military rescue help for somebody. And so this doesn't mean that women are less than men. In fact, she comes to help him where he needs help. And so today, you and I, we need relationships in our life to help us. You want to be a haikiki muri and live by yourself? You won't have your help. You will be incomplete and inefficient in life without good, solid relationships. It is not good that man should be alone. So today, this is what's happening in society. People are difficult. People are challenging. And so you don't have no close friends, nobody you can trust, nobody you can open up with. You're going to be inefficient. And you're going to be by yourself. And so let's fix our relationships. Let's have strong relationships. As a church, we need to have strong relationships. You can be single and have good, strong relationships. In your marriage, you need to have good, strong relationships. What do we do? We need to work on it. What do we do? What do we do? I'll I'll, I'll close out with these three things because time is flying. Number one, what do we do to have good, strong relationships? I want to have a healthy marriage. Number one, we need to work it out. Somebody say work it out. Here's what I'll say. Greatness does not happen by accident. Greatness happens by intention. You don't wait for greatness. You work for greatness. 
I was watching a documentary on Kobe Bryant several months ago, and it, they would say how Kobe Bryant, after games, would go back and train for hours. When everybody's left the arena, he was back there training. When nobody was looking, he was training hard because he wanted to be one of the greats. I want to be great. Some of us, we want to be great at so many things, and we put in the time and the effort. Yet we think that having good, healthy families are going to happen by accident. Yeah. Good, healthy families don't happen by accident. They happen by putting in work. They happen by putting in time. By saying, I'm going to have dinner tonight with my family. We're all going to sit around a table. We're going to put our phones down. We're going to put the iPads away. We're going to look at each other in the eyes. We're going to have conversation. It takes work, but it's worth it in the end. But we need to work on it. God made human beings with responsibility. Like, he didn't make us so that we can be lazy all day and just chill by our garden, eat all the grapes you want. Adam, just have fun. No, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took man, put him in the garden of Eden to, come on, to, somebody say, work it. Look at your neighbor and tell him, work it. You better work it. He put man in the garden to work it. Here's what I'll say. If you don't take care of your garden, somebody else will. Somebody else will. If I don't take care of my garden, somebody else will. I got to be a responsible human being. And I don't just mean in marriage context. Like, how's the relationship with your father? How's your relationship with your mom? Do you spend time with them? Do you love them? Are you with them? When's the last time you just dropped by and said, hey, I brought some food. Let's have some dinner. But you got to work on it. You don't know my parents. They're challenging. Oh, my God. They drive me crazy. I know. But we're all difficult people. Got to work it. You want to build a good, strong legacy? You got to work it. And I just refuse to spend more time in church and leaving my family to the side and building a great ministry but losing my marriage and my soul, my legacy. My home is my first ministry. When When we first got handed the church and became the leaders of the church seven years ago, eight years ago almost in I was the first one that I thought this thing was going to be saved by me. And I was putting 60, 70 hours every week. And after about two years, I realized, where's my marriage? Like me and Dana went through a really difficult time because we had put the church first. And we got a rude awakening. And we just like looked at each other one day and we're like, Dad, this is not going to last if we keep doing this. The church doesn't come first. The marriage comes first. And if you work on your marriage and you have healthy lives, he'll build the church. I heard an incredible pastor yesterday who's built such an incredible ministry, I mean, an absolute world-changing ministry. He said, you know, you know what you need to do? You need to relax in life. He was talking to pastors and leaders, and I love it. Like, hey, things in life are not going to happen just because you work hard. God's going to build it. Work on your life. Work on your marriage. Love each other well. But you need to work it out. Some of us, you know what we need to do? We need to develop skill sets. And so we think that being a great husband just happens naturally. Some of us never were taught how to be a good husband. And so I'm going to develop skill sets the same way that you went to school for things. Like, get around some good godly men and say, how can I be a better husband? Like, this is why being in a connect group is good. Like, nobody ever taught me how to be a good wife. Get around some godly women and tell them, how can I be a better wife? I want to love my husband. How can I be a better father? How can I be a better mother? Are you hearing me, church? Come on. But you got to work it. Got to work it. And we're just living in a society in a day and age where people want to be lazy when it comes to family. 
People want to be lazy when it comes to relationships. Like, I'll work at everything else, but then realize why our families are falling apart. I think we got to work just as hard as on that that we do in our careers. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. You, you want to reap back something good from your family? You got to work that land. Can I get an amen? amen? Number one, work it out. Number two, appreciate it more. Appreciate it more. Like some of us, we, we have to realize this and get this down in our spirit. And we probably have heard this before. Comparison is the thief of joy. The reason you're not joyful is because you're comparison fool. Like all we keep doing is looking at everybody else. And we're living in a day and age where it's very easy to see everybody else's life. Because of our social media platforms, all we do is look at everybody else's family. Oh, they go to the Smiths in Hawaii again, babe. They're in Hawaii. Right? And we just keep going. And we're like, oh, look. Adam and Brooke, J.C. Penny pictures, babe. Like we haven't taken pictures in a while. They took a beautiful family picture. Some of us, we, the last time we took any kind of pictures was 20 years ago. And, and we could look at people's highlight reels, Instagram posts, and think that their life is amazing. And it might be. But what I've learned too is that looks are deceiving. Like last week, beautiful baptism Sunday, people taking pictures. What you didn't know is that they were fighting on their way in. And you're like, I want to be like them. And what you didn't know is that they almost got a divorce in the car on their way in. <laughs> Babe, did you bring the towel? I didn't bring the towel. They said they had towels, but I want my own towel. I like my towel. No, but I need the church said they have towels and they have shirts. I want my own towel. Babe, I can't stand you. And as soon as they come in, God bless you. Baptism Sunday. <laughs> we worship God together. And you know, <laughs> looks are deceiving. Yes. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else's highlights and say, I'm going to appreciate my family, my home. We may not have the best. But we're going to make it the best. Can I get an amen? Come on. Like maybe you're like, oh, my wife has gained a couple pounds. Have you seen yourself in the mirror? <laughs> like, come on, we live in a day and age where everybody's comparing and complaining. You know what? I'm blessed. I got a husband or I got a wife or I got a home. I got a mom. I got a dad. I got kids. I got a house. I got, come on, let's start blessing what God has given us. I got it. I'm blessed. Some people don't have what I have. Start blessing it. Start speaking life over it. I bless my home. I bless my wife. I bless my, come on, somebody. We're going to work it and we're going to appreciate it. Amen. Come on, I believe this is God's will for our life, that we will always be thankful in every circumstance. Through the challenges, they make us better. Thank God for that family member that gets on your nerves. Makes you better. Show up in Thanksgiving meal asking, when are you going to get married for the 50th time? Don't ask me. Tia, you ask me one more time, Tia. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice. Somebody say, always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Family is important. Let's appreciate it more. This week, go somewhere, even if it's a staycation. Babe, I can't take you to Disney World, but there's this nice park in Hialeah. We're just going to go spend. But you know what I'm saying? Like, when's the last time you spent some time with your family? In fact, our connect groups now are every other week. The last thing we want to do is burden families and burden homes. Like, God's going to build a church. 
We do what we can, but I believe he wants healthy homes. I love what Pope John Paul said about the family. He said, the future of humanity passes by the way of the family. Appreciate your family. Maya Angelou said, I sustain myself with the love of family. Princess Diana said, family is the most important thing in the world. Beautiful. Mother Teresa said, what can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. <laughs> that, that'll preach by itself. That convicted me. <laughs> George Bernard Shaw said, a happy family is but an earlier heaven. Man, I just want to tend to my garden. I'm going to love my home. I'm going to love my mom. I'm going to love my dad. I'm going to love all the difficult people because they deal with me too, and I'm difficult myself. Amen? And we're all helpers to each other. We're all Ezers, military rescue, help. You ever notice some people in your family, they, they get on your last nerve until you need their help. Man, I'm going to call my mom right now. But you didn't want to talk to your mom. But we are going to need help somewhere. I just think we need stronger family ties. And in spite of the feuds, in spite of the problems, let's pray that God will heal homes. God, I want a strong, healthy marriage. It's a reflection of you. This is why I believe Satan is on a full-on attack against the family because the family unit is, is a direct mirror image of God. And so we have more fatherless homes now. We have more broken homes now because Satan knows if he can destroy a family, he can destroy a society. He knows that. And so our culture, there's a culture war against families right now. I, I believe in culture there is an agenda to take men out of the homes. And so, so you know what we're going to do? Small changes make big differences. I'm going to be a, a father that's present at home. Lead. I don't care if you lead well. You're a CEO of a company. That's amazing. We need strong CEOs. But you know what we need? Strong fathers. Strong mothers. Alex, but I'm a single mom. You could be the best single mom in the world. Love your children well. Number one, work it out. Number two, appreciate it more. Number three, we'll finish with this. Build it right. Build it right. It's impossible to have good relationships if it's built on the wrong thing. It's impossible to build a good marriage if it's built on the wrong thing. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but, but this is good reminders. Come on, we, we know how it is. Like our world is building based on salaries. A friend of mine shared with me a couple years ago, his wife left him when he lost his job. It's rough. But it's like the foundation was not the right foundation. Money was the foundation. And as long as the money's right, everything else will be right. If that's the foundation, you're going to be in some trouble. You know what we need to do? 2023, if you've never done this before, put Jesus at the center of your home. Put Jesus at the center of your family. Come on, let's put Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus, let's build our marriages, our families, our relationships on. He's the only one that can sustain us. The jobs will go. The health will go. Everything else will fail. But he's the only one that will sustain us at all times. Let's build our relationship upon him. Alex, well, how can I do that? Small changes make big differences. Maybe you know what you need to do today? You need to say, you know what? Every single week, we're going to be in church. Every single Sunday, there's no excuse. Me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And every single Sunday, we're going to be in church. 
And if we're on vacation somewhere, we'll tune in. We'll have family together, uh, time looking at church. But, but church is a priority. That's how we grew up. Me, my sister, and my brother, we had no option. Nowadays, parents give kids too many options. By the way, that's a whole nother conversation too. <laughs> kids have all the options in the world now. Like, I grew up in a world with no options. Yeah, but that traumatizes kids. I'm okay. I think. Like, what do you feel like doing today? Like, you don't feel like eating? Don't eat. Okay. You're going to starve to death. My mom's like, you better eat. Right? What do you feel like wearing? Wear whatever you want. And we're letting kids decide everything. Little Johnny, you want to go to church? No, I don't feel like going to church. Stay. Little Johnny doesn't feel like going to church. My mom would slap little Johnny across the head and say, you're going to church. Like, you just don't have an option. I didn't understand it when I was young, but I appreciate it now when I'm older. It gave me a solid foundation of my life. I had godly people around me to look up to. I had mentors and pastors, youth pastors, young adult pastors that shaped me, formed me, and helped me. And so today, why don't you say small changes are going to make big difference. Me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And every single Sunday, as long as you live under my roof, we're going to be in church praising the Lord. We're going to be in the house of God. You got no option. I tried every excuse. Mom, I'm sick. I can't go to church. The Lord will heal you in service. Don't worry. You're going to church. Right? Like we had no option. But it's a good thing. You know what parents did? Pick a night. Instead of complaining because there was no midweek service, I started telling people, have a midweek service at home with your family. My dad would gather us around. My dad would literally gather us around. My dad's always been my pastor. He'd gather us around. In the living room, he'll open up the Bible and he'll read a verse. He's like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? And I'm like eight years old. I have no idea what it means. I'm like, dad, I... what's the Greek word? I'm like, I don't even know English. <laughs> But you know what I love? My dad was creating a right foundation. Yes. The foundation of our family is going to be the Word of God. Yes. And then he would pray over us. My parents, they would come in at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. They'll come with anointing oil praying over us. I was, I was asleep. Like I was in the third heaven. And all of a sudden I'll feel... Hey, Lord, what's happening? And my parents praying over us. Like, and I think we need that back in the family. Come on, we need to pray for our families. We need to read the word of God with our family. Pray over your kids. Lay hands on them. Declare blessings over Come on, we need good, strong relationships. Small changes, big differences. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew, we'll read the Matthew verse and then uh, we'll finish with this. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because they had been founded on, come on, they had been founded on, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. You know what we need to realize, church, is that we're living in a world that storms are going to come. The rains will fall. There's going to be economic crisis. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be all type of temper flare-ups. There's going to be job loss, health loss. And if our families are not built on the rock, great will be the fall. But Jesus says, if you build it on the rock, oh, you'll be able to sustain the storms. And so let's do that today. Why don't we get up on our feet all across this place. I want to pray for families. 
I'm not just talking about marriage, but if you're with your spouse, why don't you grab them by the hand, maybe put your arm around them. Come on, 2023, we're living in a crazy world. We're living in a world that's all about success, money, looks, it's vain. But come on, let's pray that God will bless our homes today. And maybe today, the change needs to happen in you. Small changes make big differences. Here's a good prayer. Somebody told me this on Friday. They actually told me an example of what they're living out, and they had no idea what I was going to preach. They said, you know, many times I'm asking God to change the other person when I realize the person that needs to change is me. Many times God won't change a circumstance because he wants to change a character. And until he changes a character, he won't change a circumstance. Come on, with our eyes closed. We're leaving in just a moment, but maybe today the question is, God, what change needs to happen in me? Do you need to change my character? Maybe I've been too egotistical. Maybe I've been too, too angry. Maybe I've been less patient. Today, God, what small change needs to happen in me that will make a massive difference with my mom, my dad, my son, my daughter, my cousins, my wife, my husband? God, you invented families. You designed families. And I want to be a better son. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. Come on, why don't you pray to God right now? And ask him. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you what change needs to happen in you. God, I've been praying for this person so much, but really who I should be praying for is me. Give me more patience. Help me to be more like Jesus. If you're with your spouse, if you're with your son, your daughter, if you're with cousins, come on, why don't you all just hold hands together, put an arm around them, begin to bless your home and say, God, help me to work on it, help me to appreciate it, and help me to build it right on the right foundation. Come on, all of us praying. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your good grace, your love, your mercy. God, as we speak about families for the next three weeks, we realize there's a lot of brokenness, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of trauma. Some of us, we've been done wrong and there's anger. But by the power of the Spirit of God, by faith, we're going to get better, not bitter. God, help us change our character as we build our lives on the right foundation that is Jesus. Jesus, help us to center our homes around you, our relationships around you. That I love my family well because I love them like Jesus. That I realize you, you want all of us to have a suitable helper. God, we need helpers in life. We can't live in isolation. So God, I pray that you begin to restore families all over this house. God, I pray that you restore marriages. I pray that you restore the hearts of the sons back to the fathers, fathers back to the sons. Here, watching online, God, that you heal relationships, that you heal homes. In the name of Jesus, where there's been brokenness, restore it, God. Make it well in the name of Jesus. God, we're praying that today, Holy Spirit, you come bringing healing to every heart. God, in the name of Jesus, that you bring back patience, long-suffering, gentleness. God, that we just wouldn't talk about the Spirit, but we'll have the fruits of the Spirit in our life, in our homes, God. I pray peace over every home. I pray peace over every marriage. I pray peace over relationships. If there's people suffering and pain today, I pray healing over them in Jesus' name. 
People who have been holding a grudge today, I pray that they let it go in the name of Jesus. And they built on the right foundation. Come on, why don't you start blessing your home right now? Come on, you pray over your own family. Father, I declare blessings over my wife. I declare blessings over my home. Thank you. Come on, begin to thank God for your spouse. Thank God for your mom. Come on, why don't you begin to thank God for your dad, your brother, your sister, your uncle. Father, I thank you. I'm going to appreciate it more. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you, God. When's the last time we thank God for our husband, our wife, our kids, our parents? God, thank you. Thank you for help. Thank you for help. Thank you that they're making me better. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bless, bless our homes. Bless my parents' home. Bless their finances. Bless their health. In Jesus' name. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Come on, make it this year. We're to build strong homes with strong relationships. With every eye closed, with every head bowed. We're leaving in just a moment. Next week, we're going to talk about forgiveness. I think it's going to be a really important one. We're praying that God would heal. I realize there's a lot of us upset, angry, but we serve a God that brings freedom. And in Jesus' name, I'm praying for freedom across every home, every marriage, every family unit. Thank you, God, that you love us so much. Thank you, God. God, let Calvary have strong marriages. Let Calvary have strong families. God, we're not, we're not perfect, but we're making progress. We're difficult people. Help us, God, to understand and see our own sinfulness. See our own wrongdoing. Whatever eye closed, every head bowed. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I don't know Jesus. If you're in here today and maybe this is your first time here or first time watching. I know there's a lot of people connected and you're like, I don't know, somebody sent me a link. I saw it on YouTube or Facebook. Or maybe you've been coming to church for a couple of months and you don't know God. You don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I'm so far from God. God must not love me. God probably wants nothing to do with me. I know I'm a sinful person. Here's what I tell you. You're right. But the truth is God loves you more than you can imagine. God is totally in love with you. And the Bible says that sin does separate us from God. God is love, but he's holy. And he can't be with sin. And the Bible says that every single one of us, we've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. And it's our sin that separates us from this holy, awesome God. He's powerful. But he loves us so much that the Bible says he sent Jesus down. And Jesus came and he carried my sins, your sins, on his shoulders. The Bible says all of us are sinners. We all fall short of God's standard. And the Bible says that the penalty or the end of sin is death. See, sin, it'll begin to kill you slowly. And some of us, we're living in that right now. It's killed relationships. It's killed you mentally, emotionally. Sin will even kill you physically. But Jesus came and he says, I'll pay the price for sin. So that you wouldn't have to die by sin, but have life in Jesus. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, Jesus grabbed our sins. He went up on a cross. He died for our sins. The Bible says that Jesus died on that cross at Calvary. They put him in a grave. He was dead for three days. But after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. We believe it by faith that Jesus is alive. He's changed so many lives in here today. We can go one by one. You'll hear story after story of all that Jesus has done.
Here's what I tell you, friend. No bottle can do that. No relationship with somebody else can do that. No money in the world can do that. Only Jesus can give you peace. Today, if you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. I need life. I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to repent. I want to turn to God. I want a brand new beginning in life. It's only found in Jesus. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you, if you're saying, Alex, I need a new beginning. Alex, I need forgiveness for sins. I want Jesus in my life. I want to start a relationship with God. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I'll see you. I'll see who I'm praying for. And then you put your hand right back down. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You're saying, I need Jesus. I need a relationship with God. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Amen. 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 Awesome. I see you. I see you. Online, you raise your hand as well. Hallelujah. You can put your hands back down. Everybody who raised their hands here online, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. From the bottom of your heart, in fact, the whole church, why don't we say this out loud in one voice. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Tell him, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, Calvary, can we give them a big, big hand? Hey, if you raise your hand, if you raise your hand and you're here, you're online, we're going to mail it out to you if you let us know on the chat. But outside, there's a connect tent. Pass by there. People are waving these gifts. It's a free gift from us to you. It has a Bible, a letter from me and Diana. It has a coffee mug. It has a bunch of stuff. Free gifts from us to you. We just want to come alongside of you and tell you, you're not by yourself. Come on, you got helpers in the building. You got a church family that loves you and is with you. One more time. Come on. Can we give them a big, big hand? Thank you so much. Come on, let's lift up our hands. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, your grace. Go before us this week. Help us to have strong families. Bless our homes. Bless our marriages. God, that we may look like you, talk like you, think like you, love like you, Jesus. And we're going to build it on the right foundation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hug somebody next to you. Come on, let's sing it out.